almost summer by the calendar and definitely by the weather in northeast Iowa. This is our weekly fishing report called How's the Bite? I'm Ken Root along with Bob Urban, owner of Murray's Outdoors, a great little bait shop under the big walleye on the south end of Guttenberg. Hello, Bob. Hey, Ken. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, we're having some really good weather following some pretty hot days. Uh, you and your staff have a pulse on the fishing in the upper Mississippi and the surrounding area. What's the latest? We do. A lot of folks are getting back on the river. Uh, a lot of tournaments, bass tournaments. That fishing has been really good. Bluegill catfish, like it has been since Mother's Day, uh, they're spawning. They're in the rocks. Right now is a really good time to oh, do the bobber and the leech, bobber, nightcrawler, how uh, you can float. Uh, big bobber along the rocks on the Mississippi River and uh, catch some really nice channel catfish if you want to do that. Otherwise, uh, a few perch being caught. Uh, nice to see them being caught, probably in the, amongst all the weeds. Uh, Bussy Lake, uh McGill area. They're fully accessing that now, boat ramp, and, and that is all. The, wa- uh, the road is open there. Um, backwaters is where they're all fishing now. Uh, and it's actually the rivers come. I've been making a joke at the store. We've taken all the water to water our flowers the last week out of the river, so that's why the river's been dropping. So, <laughs> well, it has really been drawn down. Uh, I have a fishing boat that I pulled up and tied off on the edge of the river, and uh, last time I went down there, it took all the might I had to push it back far enough to be able to get back in the water. So it yeah, really it- makes a difference. Yeah, it, it's coming down. It's, it's We're getting to normal summer pool, and it happens fast. I guess that's what happens when it doesn't rain very much. So that's exactly what's going on. Uh, some areas of Iowa are in a mild drought. I know Canada is where we get our night crawlers from. Uh, just a lack of rainfall. Going from one extreme to the other. Well, we have done that this year. Bob, I've never used leeches uh, but they're a very active bait. Uh, if you uh, dangle them in the rocks, as you were mentioning the other day, uh, what might you catch? Yeah, so right now they're spawning. The channel fly, uh, channel catfish are, are spawning, Ken, so they'll kind of roll in the rocks. They'll feed in the rocks. They, they're spawning, so they're aggressive to anything that moves in the rocks, and they really don't like those leeches. So leeches are a really good seasonal bait for us right now you can catch walleyes you can catch little uh, little ones you can catch nice bluegills on they are an aggressive bait and they string out they just start going crazy in the water once you hook them so uh you catch a little bit of everything on them actually well speaking of walleye i talked with jeff kopaska from iowa dnr who is running this uh iowa walleye challenge across the state and he gives us what I consider bad news. There hasn't been a single walleye documented in Pool 10 that would be above Guttenberg so far in this two-month challenge. Yes, yeah, so I don't, I mean, it costs $25 to get in. I don't know if I can, I'll have to start telling people at the store or something here. We need to get something documented. We have three poles that are valued at $155 we're giving away. So if somebody just wants to, to sign up and go catch a walleye or document something for our pools, uh, you have a pretty good chance at winning that stuff. So definitely get signed up if you want to go fish the wing dams. It's going to be hot and heavy here now with the river coming down. Well, maybe just for those people who already have signed up 
and have just been fishing somewhere else, divert yourself to uh, Pool 10, and uh, you've got some pretty good chances to win some prizes. I would. I would. It's better than uh, some of your your scratch-offs at the convenience store, I would say. <laughs> well, Bob, we've got a couple of features this week. We've got a homegrown company that uh, you do business with. They have catfish bait. It's called Junie's Cat Tracker. And I talked to Mark, the owner, and the second generation of the company. Yeah, the Michalakis family um, out of uh, Dubuque area. Junie was his father, started all this. And uh, just stories and stories and stories from the bait shack down in Dubuque, the original bait shack. And very successful family. And then Mark would be the second generation, I believe, of it. And, and I've done business with Mark uh, since I've been in business. Uh did get to meet Tooney and talk with him. He'd be hanging out at the shop once in a while, and and they know catfishing. The whole family does. The company was started some 30-something years ago by my father and me. We've just uh, slowly built, 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 you know, over the years. What's and, your uh, main line of products? Oh, it's easily catfish dip bait, catfish nuggets, and uh, catfish dip bait worms. Um, we sell about five styles of dip bait worms. We sell three styles of Wicked Sticky. Um, I'm currently doing nuggets for another company. I don't have them in my product, but they're out in the market, and they're out in the market in a large way. Tell um, me about the difference between a uh, regular liquid or semi-liquid bait and a nugget. Well, a, a nugget is what they call preform baits. They're, they come generally in a three-quarter by three-quarter inch uh, ball or nugget. These particular nuggets that I make can be put on a single hook or a treble hook. And they can also be dipped in the dip bait if you want. They're a very, very good product. The dip bait, obviously, that's been around for many, 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 many years. I would say early 70s, late 60s, early 70s when they started making dip bait. And I could be wrong. It could be longer than that. The dip bait is used with a dip bait worm, obviously. And any any of your listeners that are catfish people will know exactly what we're talking about. What's the attraction that you think you have that you figured out? Catfish have a very very strong sense of finding food that um, I'm wondering how you were able to concoct a uh, formula that lures them in. It's fairly simple. I mean, this and this was um, concocted long before I was even born. Cheese is a viable, um, it's a viable product to catch uh, catfish, channel catfish, Arkansas blue cat, Staying away from the, the the flathead because they're they're basically a live bait feeder. It's just your channel cat, and your blue cat, and they have what they call uh, the white cat, white catfish, um, and they're just another uh, form of channel cat, you know. Um, but them are your main fish that bite on it, and they bite on what scientists would call lactic acids. And that is mainly what's in cheese, is your lacticities. So do you have any fish product in there as well as the cheese, or is that a uh, trade secret? I use no fish products whatsoever. 
there's no need for it. Cheese and um, and if you're doing a blood bait, you can use some blood or dried blood. And, and I do use a, your dried blood. It's basically a it basically it's a cattle blood. For the catfish themselves, a general question. Some days they bite, some days they don't. Uh, is that true, or is it that we're not doing it right? Well, you know, honest to God, there's not many times that I have personally have ever been skunked. Now, mind me, mind you, I have been skunked out there fishing, but there's always a fish biting somewhere. They might bite slower. They might bite softer. Um, a lot of people think catfish just they want to hit the pole real hard. Well, I, I've caught them to where I all I can see is the tip of the pole just moving slightly. They might swim up and put that, that bait in their mouth and just sit there. And you won't even know you got a bite until you pick up the pole and and, and start reeling it in. Oh, I got a fish, you know. Um, they do bite pretty much, uh, I want to say, all year up to wintertime, you know, on specifically on dip bait. Um, going into season on dip bait, you want to get the water temperature should be 55 to 60 degrees. And then they'll start biting better. And going out of the season, they'll bite all the way up until I've caught them in 30-degree weather. Um, water temperature, 30-something degrees, and I'm catching catfish on dip baits. That's going out of season, getting towards the end, going into winter, when these catfish um, end up grouping all together in, in big holes, you know, to stay warm for the winter time. They, uh, catfish are kind of like ducks in a sense. They get into a great big pile. Channel cat, I'll say, and even flathead do it. They get into a great big pile and they move from the inside out all winter long, like like a flock of ducks would, you know, to stay warm. And they bite very, very, very soft as the water gets colder. Their bite pattern changes immensely. Well, Mark, tell me about the company name Junie's Cat Tracker. Where'd you come up with that? Junie is my father. That was his name. His actual name is John Philip Michalakis. Junie was his nickname. It was 18 when we started it. And Junie Cat Tracker is just something we came up with. Where are you based? And uh, do you have employees or is it all you and your family? No, I have um, one full-time employee and two or three part-time employees, and uh, plus myself. And we are based in Sherrill, Iowa. Um, I had just moved the company from Dubuque, Iowa, to my farm here in Sherrill, Iowa, and uh, built a nice facility for it. And here I am, down on the farm. <laughs> to find your bait, Mark, what do we look for, and what size containers does it come in? My product comes in a 15-ounce jar comes in a 60-ounce bucket. It comes in a one-gallon bucket. And I do sell four-gallon buckets to individuals that uh, come down and pick it up. And I've even sold a 55-gallon drum to an individual down in Missouri. He drove up here from Missouri, bought a 55-gallon drum, and took it down there, and that, that's what he wanted. <laughs> you know, We are completely USA-made. 
So all the cheese is made in the U.S. Yes, sir, it is. Well, Mark, thank you very much for talking with me. Junie's Cat Tracker comes in all kinds of sizes from 15 ounces on up. And yep. uh, good luck and good fishing. We ha- And we also have five different styles of dip bait worms for the customer in several colors. We we aim we aim to please. Um, I've always said to people that I must be here to make people happy, and and that makes me happy. Also, I have talked with Kirk Hansen, who's the habitat coordinator for the Mississippi River for DNR. He's based in Bellevue, and he has some uh, pretty interesting stories of the river as it was and as it is which you might think is a negative, but not necessarily so. He uh, believes that that river is doing a good job of coexisting with all of the requirements of it, that you have uh, recreation on it, you have fishing on it, you have uh, barges on it, and then you also have it channeled in places because of the need to keep it in one spot so that uh, people can build on the edges. Yeah, there's a lot to a lot that the river is being asked of uh, in those four categories, Ken, and and uh, Kirk would be a good guy to, to talk to. I'm glad you reached out to him, and and uh, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. The Mississippi River has been very high this spring, but I learned from your colleagues that a high water is not always a bad thing. In fact, a spring rise is good. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. That's the you know the, the the natural course of the river, and then a lot of the the fish species are accustomed to that, and a lot of them use that as a, a cue for spawning and reproduction. And and uh, yeah, a, a nice healthy spring pulse is is good for for most of the fish species for spawning and reproduction. We see big gear classes, and and so yeah, we it it wasn't bad. The water's coming back down, so we. <laughs> I don't like it when it goes up and stays up all year, especially the trees don't like that, but I think we're we're, we're coming down and settling down pretty good now. It was a little strange to me, I'm an ag guy, when you got a flooding river running through a, a landscape that in several of those areas is quite short on moisture and still is right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and, and the, the flood that we had this spring was, was almost entirely snowmelt from northern Wisconsin and, and Minnesota. And they had, you know, I, I think over a large area, the, the most snow they had on the ground and, and on record. And and if we would have had a, a normal amount of precipitation around here this, this spring, we probably would have had, we would have been pushing flood a record probably. So it's, it, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we'd like a little moisture, but it, it, it helps some of our communities and areas along the river that we didn't have it. Yeah. Let's talk about habitat now, and I'm sure if you compare it to um, pre-settlement times, it's very different than it was. The river's been channeled, things of that nature. We've had agriculture right up to the edge of it. But in your opinion, do we have a habitat that supports a um, – cross-section of species that uh, still make this a good environment yeah absolutely i mean we it it's definitely you know is it, hurting in a lot of areas and it's you know degraded over time but we you know we still support a, a huge diversity of fishes you know the, the mississippi river you know of any water body in the state has the the, the most species and and we still have that diversity of, of, of habitats be it the main channel 
you know, side channels, backwaters, and and that's what what lends lends to that diversity of, of fish and wildlife and, and everything is that diversity of habitat. The the system is showing its age in a lot of places, but you know, fortunately, I get to to work with a, a lot of great colleagues and and biologists and engineers with 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 the other states on the Upper Mississippi River, the the Corps of Engineers, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, USGS, and we got you know several NGO partners that we also work with, be it Audubon or TNCDU, and and do a lot of a lot of great habitat restoration work out there. Kirk, which of the species that we're commonly uh, familiar with in the Mississippi River were there when the first settlers came here? Um, have we added any in, either deliberately or accidentally? For the most part, it's pretty much the same species that that were here you know some of the you know the the balance or numbers might might have shifted slightly here or there but really the you know we've and we've lost some species um due to due to the dams and and, and habitat change like that we used to have skipjack herring all the way you know up through the river but when the lock and dam 19 went in the hydro dam there at keokuk in the you know early 1900s um that block migration of the skipjack and, and we lost those in the upper river but um really the only only additions that we have have been invasive species like uh common carp and then now the you know big headed and silver carps you know we have a um a long-term resource monitoring program that it's a uh, funded through a, a corps of engineers program called the upper mississippi river restoration program um, and, and part of that program funds habitat restoration efforts, and part of that effort funds long-term resource monitoring. We have a, a, one of those stations here in, in Bellevue on Pool 13. Um, we also have, um, throughout the system, there's a station in Pool 4, 8, down in Pool 26. There's a station in the Open River, and then one on the Illinois River. And, and they monitor water quality and, and fisheries and aquatic vegetation throughout the system and have since you know, the the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. So they've got a 35-year track record of, of monitoring um, the the habitat and the and the biota out there. And and we know from that monitoring that our, our bass populations have, have been doing very well and in great deal due to a lot of the habitat restoration work that we have done. Yeah, in, in most places, there's as many, if not more, bass, now than there were 30 years ago, especially smallmouth. Smallmouth seem to definitely have been on the on the rise here in the last several years. Well, I like to catch a smallmouth because they just seem to have a lot more fight per pound than a largemouth does. <laughs> they are feisty. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kirk. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Bob, that's it for today. Tell me about the store. Have you shifted back more away from the floral side to the bait shop side? We are seeing the shift, yes. A lot of fishermen out, a lot of tackle, a lot of bait, um, a lot of folks, a lot of campers. Uh, summer's here, Ken. Kids are out of school, and, and sometimes I forget that's what it what it really triggers is getting those kids out, making some plans, spending some time outside, and and definitely a lot of flowers and trees and shrubs now. We're into that season. Everybody's got their gardens going, and the girls are taking over this weekend. I'm not going to be there. I'm disappearing. Going to go fishing, put the batteries in the boat for the first time. It's June 9th, so 
figured I might want to get them done and might want to get out and go chase chase some fish. Not to one-up you, but in just over a week, I'm going to drive to the Lake of the Woods up in northern Minnesota. I have a friend there who happened to have been in radio that I'm going to meet up with, and we're going to go fish with a guide who used to be in radio as well. So we're going to have a few good days on Lake of the Woods. We hope if we don't have too much smoke or too many waves. Yeah, three guys in radio and a boat. There's got to be a joke about that somewhere. (laughs) All right, Bob. At the Big Walleye on the south end of Guttenberg, open seven days a week, six to five Monday through Saturday and six to three on Sunday. Is that right? That is correct. All right, Bob. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ken.